are with. It matters who you are with. With is a word of becoming. Amen? And so we do thank God. You ought to be very mindful about who you are with every stage of your life. Y'all got that? Who you're with could accommodate what God has brought you to in that stage, but who you're with can also frustrate it. Oh, come on, somebody. Come on, ask somebody. Are your companions a source of accommodation or frustration? Oh, come on, ask somebody. Who you with? Who you with? Who you with? Who you with? Whoever you with, are they a source of accommodation? Are they serving the purpose of God in your life? Or are they frustrating the purpose of God in your life? Tell somebody, you got to watch who you with. Because who you are with defines where you are going. Y'all got that? Your friends ought to look like where you're going. Not where you regret you've been. Isn't that right? So we're going to talk about tonight, the title of my lesson uh, and don't get caught up on the title because most of my messages had nothing to do with the title. But the, the title of my message tonight is somebody shout power starts. Look, somebody tell them I'm starting over like a boss. Amen. Never fear starting over. Amen. Never fear starting over. And I'm going to tell you why this moment is so powerful, Pastor Brown. Because you get to do what you always wanted to do. Without the resistance of people's religion. Amen. 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 One of the most powerful things about starting over, somebody shout, I get to do what I always wanted to do. With all the lessons I've learned stored up on the inside of me. Isn't that something? I don't know about you, but I love starting over. I love the newness of things. The freshness of things. Now, if you ever get intimidated with starting over, you can kiss growth goodbye. Uh (laughs) Hello, because you cannot grow if you won't start over. Y'all got that? If you're living in a comfort zone, your comfort zone is to keep you afraid of change. And so change is a good thing. Somebody shout, change is a good thing. Listen, tell them change is not your enemy. Change is the best friend you ever had. Y'all, the Bible says God changes not. Anybody figured out that knowing him constantly changes me? Amen. Amen. Nothing about God leads me the same. Can I have any witnesses that nothing about God leads you the same? Somebody shout, I'm so glad I'm changing. Watch this, because if you ain't changing, you ain't growing. And if you ain't growing, you currently dying. So change is a good thing, and starting over is a good thing. I'm going to illustrate that, and then I want you to go to Ecclesiastes in your Bible. Chapter 3, and a very familiar passage of scripture, but I I really want you to get what I'm telling you, that change is one of the best things that ever ever happens to us. And the prospects of being able to start again are, to me, are phenomenal prospects. Because I believe that once you got certain things out of the way, you're really able to gain momentum in life. Amen. Amen? Amen. And you know the good thing about everything that you've gone through? Nobody can take the lessons you've learned from you. Come on, tell somebody, they weren't losses, they were lessons. Oh, my God. Come on, ask somebody, how do you see it? Listen, they were not losses, they were lessons. Now, somebody shout, now I know what not to do. You know, one of the most important questions that you will ever ask yourself when you're starting a new thing is, knowing what I know now, what will I now not even begin? 
Knowing what I know now, what would I now not even do? That's one of the most powerful lessons you can ever ask yourself. Questions you can ask yourself about life, about business, about ministry. Knowing what I know now, what would I now never do again? Y'all got that? That's real important. Starting over like a boss. Ecclesiastes 3, are you there? Now pay attention to this lesson tonight. I'm going to teach because I want you to have something you can walk out of here and actually apply to your life. It says in verse 1, to everything there is a season. Somebody shout season. season. And a time. Somebody shout time. time. To every purpose. Somebody shout purpose. purpose. Under heaven. Three things in the text that matters tremendously to your process of life. Somebody shout season, season. Time, time, and purpose. To everything. Everything means what? That means, that means the job, that means the marriage, that means the ministry, that means everything. To everything you, everything is everything. Hello, somebody. Everything is everything. And one of the things that the author, the writer says here, the wise man said here, is that to everything there is a season. Now, if you're taking notes, every season, watch this now, everything, everything is season-oriented. Oh, my God. Everything is season-oriented. You understand that? A season represents a specific work that is to produce a specific result. Come on, ask somebody, what specifically are you working on right now? Y'all oh, don't talk to people in this church? Indulge me. Ask somebody, what specifically are you working on right now? Because for us to talk about it's a new season, but you're not doing this season's work means you are wasting this season. Come on, ask somebody, what are you working on now? Because if you ain't working on something, you are wasting a perfectly good season. Everything is about a season. Every season is about a work. Every work is about a harvest. Everybody wants harvest, but few people want work. Y'all understand that? The second thing in the text is time. Somebody shout time. Time, time repre represents increments within the season where portions of the work should be accomplished. Look somebody and say, what should you have done by now? Now, it's true that no matter what you're trying to do, you can't do it all in one day. But tell somebody, you could have done something today. Amen. You know, there are some people that make things real hard so they don't have to do anything. Come on, if you make it real hard, then you get permission to procrastinate. Amen. Come on, somebody. When most of what you have to do, tell somebody, it's not that hard if you just do today's work. One step at a time. One day at a time. Y'all got that? I'm going to give you a major key to always advancing in life. Whatever your vision is, whatever this season is about, Whatever you need to do today, somebody shout today. today. Whatever step you have to take today, take the one step. You don't have anything to do but take the one step. Just my fill out the paperwork. Oh my God. This might tell her, make the phone call. Oh my God. You making this so hard. Make the phone call. Well, it's hard. It's seven numbers. If, well, if you add three, it's ten. Isn't that right? Ask somebody, take the step. So every season represents, watch this now, a specific work to produce a specific result. Y'all got that? Time represents in the text, increments within the season where portions of the work should be accomplished. 
Y'all got that? Now, all of this denotes process. Say process. process. Now, look at somebody tell them, never despise process. Never despise process. Now, why? Because everything God will ever call you to do, anything worth doing is worth going through a process to do. Oh, my God. The only thing that despises process is your impatience. Hello, somebody. The Bible said, let patience what? Have her perfect work. Somebody shout, let patience have her perfect work. Now, write this down. The perfect work of patience is to teach me to trust God with my process. Say it with me. The perfect work of patience is to teach me to trust God with my process. Never despise process. You know, I look at, I, I, sometimes I sit back and I think of all that God has done uh, uh, in and through my ministry. And I think about the fact, right, that there are a lot of people join our church and they look at the immensity of our work and they don't understand none of what it took to create it. They don't understand anything about the process. They don't understand any of the labor that went into cultivating and creating. Y'all got that? You, does that make sense to you? Y'all yeah. realize that anything you're, anytime you're trying to get something worthwhile done, there's always a roadblock. This is my time. There's always a roadblock. There's always something that wants to stand in the way of what you plan to do. I don't care. I don't care what you plan to do. There's all somebody shout, somebody shout, something always shows up. Y'all got that? But the enemy wants you to get your mind off your purpose and put it on the problem so that you stop with the process. Y'all did not hear what I just said. The enemy wants you to take your mind off your purpose and put it on the problem so that you bail on the what? Process. Tell somebody, don't bail on the process. process. You know, I, 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 something I literally just announced to the church we're doing, and I got one email that told me there's a roadblock. And you know what I said? Uh, as usual. Click somebody tell me, it's always something. Click somebody tell me, it's always something that I'm going to stare down. I don't know about you, but I'm going to stare it down. I'm going to listen to I'm going to walk it down. I don't care what it, listen, I don't care what it takes. I'm going to make sure that my vision is realized. It's always something. Y'all got that? Listen to my job. I'm, I'm getting used to beating everything. Y'all hear what I'm telling you? There's so many things, man. And literally, you know what I said when I saw, when I got my email? I, say, I said this. This was my reply. I've seen this before. Anybody got history with God? Come on, if he did it before, he'll what? He'll do it again. Anybody got history with God? And there's some problems that when they show up now, I can't even call them problems. Oh, my God. I call them refresher courses. True story. Y'all got that? Literally, today, literally from a title company, one email, and it's like, problem. I'm like, no, saw this before. Y'all got that? Tell somebody, don't be intimidated by the process. So every season serves a purpose. Y'all got that? Anything you do other than your purpose is perversion. Oh, my God. Come on, ask somebody, what is your purpose? Two things I want you to ask your neighbor. Say, neighbor, what is your purpose? What are you doing? See, because if you know what your purpose is and you're not walking in it, it has to be perversion. Whatever you do, it has to be perversion. Because perversion is simply misuse. It's living life out of context. Come on, are you living life in context? 
Are you doing with what God meant for you to do with your life now? Y'all got that? Now, the next thing you got to learn is learn, learn how to recognize when something has expired. Oh, come on, somebody. There's a time when you're in the will of God one moment, and the very next day you are out of the will of God because God said expired yesterday. Did that right? Remember he told the prophet, he said, I want you to go to the brook chariot. There I will feed you. That means leave where you are. Y'all got that? You know what God said? You will not be fed here. This was my will, but it's no longer my will. Oh, look at somebody tell them, changes in the air. Y'all got that? So purpose indicates a cause. So the verse 2 says, that, now this is so powerful. I want you to pay attention to this. Verse 2 said, there's a time to be born. Somebody shout, there's a time to be born. Said there's a time to die. Somebody shout, there's a time to die. It says there's a time to plant. There's a time to pluck up that which is planted. Somebody shout, this is a part of the process. Now, every season gives access to new dimensions. Every season. Every season means you're supposed to step into a new dimension, a new space of operation, right or right. Now, here's something some of you did not know, and I believe the text is going to uh, reveal it to you. You don't just walk into a new dimension. You have to be born into it. Oh, my God. You have to be birthed into a new dimension. Y'all got that? And that tells me, that's why right now, many of us right now, you know, the reason that you cannot be born into anything is because can't nobody parent you. All right, hello, somebody. Hello, somebody. Birth is a result of being subjected to somebody's process. Oh, my God, help me. Y'all understand that, believers? You got to be born. Somebody said, I got to be born into it. Now, being born into a new dimension means that you have to die to the old one. Look at somebody tell me, it's over. I don't want God to restore me to what was. Y'all did not hear what I just said. I don't, look at somebody tell me, I don't want what was. I want what's current in God. Is there anybody in the room that wants to be current with God? I want what God wants for me now. Y'all got that, believers? So being born into a new dimension means that you are dying to the former dimension. Y'all got that? Now here's another thing in verse 2. Somebody shout plucking and planting. Plucking and planting are critical to continual growth. Now what does that mean for us as individuals and us for a church? Not everyone and not everything with you is supposed to be maintained. Okay. Oh my God. Okay. Not everyone with you not everything with you are supposed to stay with you. Oh, Lord. Somebody shout, plucking and planting are normal. Now, look, somebody tell them, don't call it rejection. It's just being plucked from your life. That's, that's all it is. Quit tripping. You ain't, you ain't the only one going through this. We all going through plucking and planting. That's, somebody shout, it's part of the process. Does that make sense? So write this note if you take a note. Life is best lived in stages and discerned by seasons. Somebody shout stages. stages. Life is best lived in stages and discerned by seasons. I'm in a stage of life. And it has nothing to do. Listen, stages have really nothing to do per se with age. It has to do with process and maturity. I'm in a stage of life now at 52, almost 53. I'm in a stage of life called legacy. 
Now what that means, everything I do, everything I think about is what I'm going to be leaving behind to impact future generations. Amen. Come on somebody. I'm making sure my family will be wealthy without me. I'm making sure my family will be philanthropists, philanthropists without me. I'm making sure my ministry will operate without me. I'm making sure before I leave the planet that I, I leave behind a completely mortgage-free ministry so the ministry don't die when I do. Oh, hello, somebody. I make sure there's so many streams of income, it don't matter who joined the church or leave the church, it'll always be in existence. Hello, somebody. So the wife says now, somebody shout stages. So a stage of life has many seasons. Say stages have seasons. Now, and I want you to catch who you are and where you are right now by what I'm getting ready to show you about the stages of life for tonight's discussion. So there are several stages that I want to describe so you can find out where you are. Tell somebody it's important you know where you are. Why? So you can be intentional about your process of maturing. We mature through stages. Say that with me. We mature through stages. Say it again. We mature through stages. Now, sadly, I've seen a whole lot of people, Pastor Brown, that live to be 70 years old and never get off the first stage, I'm going to say. Sadly, I've seen many people live their whole life and never leave the first stage. And here it is. I identity. Identity. I have seen people struggle with their identity their entire existence in the body of Christ. Wandering from church to church, wandering from marriage to marriage, wandering from spiritual mother to spiritual mother, wandering from spiritual father to spiritual father. And the only reason they did all that wandering was because they never answered this one question within themselves, reflecting upon God in the face of God. Who am I? Who am I? And a whole lot of trouble comes into the life of a person that doesn't have identity. And most of it, write this down, most of it is self-inflicted. Y'all not hear what I just said to you. Most of it is self-inflicted. When you don't know who you are, you are typically prone to experiencing a whole lot of stuff in this search for identity that God never intended. Y'all understand that? Now, I'm telling you what I've seen, Pastor, in almost 22 years, my church, and then seven years in another church, I was assistant pastor. Most people, un unfortunately, most people in the body of Christ live and die right here in this stage. And if you look at their lives, when they died, they didn't leave anything behind that matter. You know what legacy says? Did I matter? Did I matter? I die and, and I'm, I'm never thought of again because I never made much of an impact. That's a sad existence. I die and no one, no one is still being benefited by my life, Liv. You can't even find anything that says I invested my life into others. That's a sad way to die. Y'all got that? And we're not talking about just money. The best thing you can ever leave behind is your wisdom in the hearts of other people living on to serve and glorify God with their lives. Y'all got that? But most people live and die in this stage called identity. Somebody shout, who am I? The second stage of life that I've identified is called direction. Now, that stage, you know what the question of that stage is? What should I do? What should I do? 
That's the second most deadly stage for many believers. Because many believers never figure out what they should do with their lives. And, and if you don't figure out what you should do with your life, somebody will. Y'all not hear what I just said. If you don't figure out what you should do with your life, look at somebody tell them, you make a pretty good slave. Y'all hear what I just said to you? If you don't figure out what to do with your life, you'll make somebody a pretty good slave. You know, I, I, on Sunday I was talking to my church about their gifts. And I made this statement, and I'm going to repeat this statement for the sake of our discussion tonight. I know Pastor Brown, and this woman is extremely, extremely gifted and creative. Creative, right? I made this statement, Pastor Brown, on Sunday. I said, jobs are where gifts go to die. Think about what I said. There are some of you, listen to me, you should never have a job. You have too many gifts. But the question, would you be disciplined as if you had a job in using your gifts? Come on, ask somebody, how would you do as your own boss? You can't even make you get out of bed. <laughs> if you can't make you get out of bed, you will be a horrible boss to yourself. And that's why many people never experience the fullness of what God purpose concerning their lives because they don't have discipline apart from someone else dictating it. Y'all hear what I said? They don't have discipline. If somebody else got to tell you, get up and get here on time and penalize you if you're late and tell you when to go to lunch and tell you that you spent too much time on lunch and tell you when to clock out, you make a pretty good slave. Oh, my God. Direction. Somebody shout, what, what should I do? Now, the third stage that I see many people walking in in life is a stage called success. Now, here's what success really is about. How much can I produce? If you think about it, that's the bottom line of success. Success is about how much can I produce? And I see a lot of people right there. I said it today. I made a post about high achievers, right? And I said that, that, that one of the problems with high achievers is that even when your body telling you you should rest, if you have the fear of failure or the fear of lack, you won't rest when you should. Right, right. Oh, hello, somebody. Y'all got that? You ought to have seen the people I ignored today. No, true story. You ought to have seen the people. I was dodging, I was dodging calls like the Matrix. Right? No. Right? Why? I have a 90-minute massage schedule. You don't care about my life. I do. You don't care. Tell somebody, tell somebody, them people don't care about my health. So I have to. And then that means I'm avoiding you until I feel like talking to you. And if I don't feel like talking today, I'll hit you up tomorrow. Y'all got that? Tell somebody, people don't care about your health. They, they care about how you benefit their life. Learn that now. Learn that now. Y'all learn that now. I got out of bed at 10 o'clock is when I got out of bed today. Hello, somebody. You know why I got up at 10? Because that's when my body said wake up. Hello, somebody. I know when I got to rest. And when I got to rest, you know what I do? Rest. Tells my shut it down. If it can't operate without you, it's improperly structured. If it can't operate without you, it's improperly structured. Y'all got that? Look, somebody tell them, build something that you don't need to be at all the time. 
Y'all got that? So success is about how much can I produce? That's really what success is. It's the stage of life. Y'all got that? Now, here's the thing about it. I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to tell you now because I don't know where you're going or what you're trying to do. But it really can't bring fulfillment, especially when you've been successful a long time. You know, I believe, Pastor Brown, God let you experience certain things to get out your system. You're like, how you feel? Like, ah, it wasn't all that. He's like, I know him. I know him. <laughs> He's like, it ain't nothing like you thought it was. Like, no, nah, not at all. Y'all got that? Because you can only produce so much before you get tired of just producing so much. Amen. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Here's the fourth stage I want you to think about. Significance. You know what the question of significance is? Do I really matter? Oh, come on, somebody. Are people around me because of what I produce? Or do I really matter? Oh, God, help me. Do I really matter? Does, did my life really have any meaning to it? Y'all got that? Does my life have any meaning? Ask somebody, what, what does it mean to be you? Come on, ask somebody, what does it mean to be you? Come on, I want you to ask somebody, what difference do you make? Jesus. That's... If that's what you really think about, what difference you make. Now, I'm going to tell you, most people, they don't ask it like that. They, they ask other people, right? Right? Who am I to you? Because what they're trying to figure out is if they have any meaning to people. Oh, Lord, help me. But that's not a question you should be asking other people. That's a question you should be asking of your creator to make sure that you have fulfilled his context for your life. Y'all got that? So the question of significance is, somebody shout, do I really matter? Do I really matter? You understand that? You know what I, I sometimes deal with internally, and I'm, I'm telling you that this is a, a, a truth that you, you wrestle with these questions throughout life, right? I, I, th this thought that I want you to think about, and it's just true, and I'm not indicting anyone, right? But I want you to listen to this statement and bear it out when it comes to significance of what I'm trying to tell you. There's a big difference between I love you and I need you. Think about that. Y'all got that? A whole lot of people need me. But do a whole lot of people love me? You understand that? You know what that question is about? Significance. That's a question of significance. Y'all understand that? What kind of impact am I really making in people's lives? Y'all got that? What, if I weren't in your life, would it make any difference at all? You understand that? Now, this is a stage, as I told you, I live in right now. Okay? And it's called legacy. And legacy is about what I leave behind that will continue to impact future generations after Mark Jones has left the planet. Tells my God intends you to leave a legacy. Not a bill. Many people leave and all they leave is a bill. That funeral bill, light bill, hello, cell phone bill they ain't paid for three months. Some people leave and they ain't leave nothing but a bill. Hell, a deficit because they never spend any time with the people who matter in their lives. Voids. Make sure you don't leave voids in people's lives. Y'all got that? Because all they know you for is the vices that you've imposed upon them. Don't leave your dysfunction in your children. That shouldn't be your legacy. 
All you ever gave your children are your addictions, your habits. That should not be. So make sure you leave an actual legacy of something that actually impacts and transforms lives. Y'all got that? Now, a very normal part of living effectively is starting over. Somebody shout, I'm starting over. So if the enemy can torment you with the prospects of starting over, then he can keep you from a truly meaningful life. Say, Lord, help me to live a truly meaningful life. Now tell somebody, if you're going to live a meaningful life, you have to think like a farmer. Oh, God. You have to think like a farmer. I want you to think about what a farmer does. Farmer goes out to a field, and they begin the process of of uh, cultivating that land. They have to get rocks out of that land. They got to get roots out of that land. They got to get the bugs out of that land because they want to make sure that that land is, is conducive to bearing what? To bearing fruit. When they plant their seed, they want to what? They want to harvest. So they go through the process. There's that, there that word again. They go through the process of doing everything they can to ensure that they will get a full what? Harvest. Isn't that right? And then harvest time finally comes. And they bring in the harvest. And then they cut it all down and start over again. Y'all got that? Look at somebody and tell them, get used to starting over again. Don't let it threaten you. Don't let it bother you. Embrace the newness of it. Y'all yes, yes. got that? Embrace the newness of it. Y'all yes. got that? Enjoy where you are on the way to where you're going. Amen. Here's something everybody needs to learn how to do. Look at somebody tell them, give yourself permission to enjoy where you are right now. No, 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 you're right. I'm not going to harass myself with my potential. Somebody shout, my potential would not harass me. Now, how you know somebody's potential is harassing them? I should be better by now. Now, now see, your potential is harassing you. Oh, my God. I should be much further along by now. Your potential is harassing you. Somebody shout, my potential is not supposed to harass me. It's supposed to inspire me. So the moment I start thinking about where I should be, I get up and do work to move in that direction. Never allow your potential to harass you. It's supposed to inspire you. Y'all got that? So you got to stop comparing yourself to other people. So starting over is a fundamental part of seasonal change. Y'all got that? Starting over is a fundamental part and a critical part of the productivity model. If you're going to remain productive, you have to start over, over and over again. Now, do it, do it to yourself before life does it to you. Y'all hear what I just y'all not hear what I just said. Here is a critical rule I want you to learn about life. Y'all ready for this? If you don't do what you should do, when you should do it, you're gonna be forced to do it. And normally when you're forced to do it, it's out of your control and it gets ugly. Right, Apostle. Right. I know you're right about it. Tell somebody, throw yourself into it before they do. Are y'all understanding this? This is a productivity model. This is how you grow and go. This is how you keep flourishing in life. This is it. Y'all got that? Does that make sense? Three critical factors.
to this process of change and growth and starting over. The first critical factor is knowledge. Say knowledge. knowledge. I said it earlier. Knowing what I know now, what do I now need to do differently? Knowledge is, is gold when it comes to starting over. Y'all got that? Knowing what I know now, what do I now need to do differently? Here's the second critical component. Competence. You know what competence is? It is the organizing of your work to produce change. It's doing what you know you need to do to get the result you know you must have. Competence. Is critical to the process of change and evolution and growth and advancement. Somebody shout, God help me to become competent. Now you're either going to be competent or excuse laden. One or the other. You either can, you're either going to be competent or you're going to be lazy, but you can't be both. Right, 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 right. The third critical factor is initiative. Say initiative. initiative. Which means that after you know what you need to do differently, and after you organize the work of change, you actually got to move on the changes that you decided. Somebody shout, I got a bus to move. Does that make sense? Now, there are some of you right now that need to change, but you don't understand the profit of change. Somebody shout, change has a voice. Now, the voice of change is called dissatisfaction. Oh my God. Dissatisfaction is the inner voice mandating that you must change. You're never supposed to blame your dissatisfaction on other people. Amen. Oh my God. Dissatisfaction is a voice of change. Say it's a voice of change. Immature people make other people suffer their dissatisfaction. Instead of saying, you know what? I need to make changes. I need to make changes. Dissatisfaction is a check engine light. You know what that light is telling you? You are not reaching your potential. Y'all got that? Don't get mad at other people when you are not productive. Become more productive. Does that make sense? Mischaracterizing or misclassifying starting over can be fatal to your process. Y'all got that? Somebody shout, it's just change. Write this down. Boredom is an indicator that you have lost your creativity. Or you have lost the enjoyment of your work. Now, what do I do when I get bored? Start over. Does that make sense to you? Boredom indicates that you need to shift into, uh, watch this now. You need to shift into or from something because you're no longer in creator mode. When you're not in creator mode, you get bored. Does that make sense? Now, several things, and I'm going to be done. Amen. I want you to take these 10 keys, well, nine, nine or eight, I don't know, we'll see, for starting over, and they'll help you to be effective in your process. Number one, don't compare anything to anything. Oh, my God. Come on, tell somebody, don't compare anything to anything. Come on, tell somebody else, don't compare anything to anything. Don't compare this church to your last church. Don't compare these church brothers and sisters to your last church brothers and sisters. Don't compare this relationship to your last relationship. Don't compare me to your last spiritual father. Don't, don't, don't compare this job to that job. Don't compare 23 to 24, to, to 2020. I don't, don't compare anything to anything. Y'all got that? 
Because when you are busy comparing, you are not busy living. Y'all got that? Decide that you're harassing yourself with a past you cannot return to. Number two, be moved by inspiration, not impulsivity. Do nothing because you see other people doing it. Oh, come on. Has God put that on your heart? Have you been inspired to make that move? Look at somebody tell them, don't be copying me. I'm following instructions. Look at somebody tell them, this may not work for you. You know, I tell people, they're like, what's the secret to this secret to that? I say, I can tell you everything I've done. It may not work for you. That's right. Right, Apostle. Right. We, we don't have the same calling. Right. Y'all hear that? Amen. We, what I'm, you called to do something, something, it ain't this. Right. Y'all got that? Look at somebody tell them, there's only one me. And there's only one you. So follow instructions. Y'all got that? Be moved by inspiration, not impulsivity. This is good. Operate as a transitional person. What do you mean by that? Remain dynamic. Tell somebody, remain dynamic. Right? You know, I, I said this last night at Bible study, and that is this. I said that the best way I've learned to live is to learn where the current of God is and throw myself in it like a piece of driftwood. Now, if the current is going north, and the driftwood get in the water, which way is the driftwood going? Lord. Look at somebody tell me I'm going with the flow. I'm going with the flow. Look at somebody tell them, keep it dynamic. Never become static. Never become static. Oh God. When you become static, you become stagnant. Right. Right, Apostle. Does that make sense? Just flow. Look at somebody tell them flow with it. Y'all got that? The kingdom is about flow. The kingdom is a very dynamic place and a very dynamic dimension. Y'all got that? Now, here's another key. Structure for balance and the involvement of body parts. Oh, my God. Look, somebody tell them the church is not one part. None, listen, anything you have to do alone, you're probably not doing right. Only thing you'll ever do alone is stand up at the stand at the judgment seat of Jesus Christ. Amen. Everything before that, he will call you to do it with someone else. Amen. Your job is to recognize who they are. So structure for balance. Y'all got that? And the involvement of others. That's the point. Y'all got that? All right. I said this a little bit earlier. Getting back is not, not necessarily getting better. Hello, somebody. So what we want, watch this now. Somebody shout, I want renewal, not recovery. I don't want to be re reset to dysfunction. Y'all did not hear what I just said. I don't want to get back to where I shouldn't have been. <laughs> so I want renewal, not necessarily recovery. Y'all got that? Here's the next key. Starting over means regrouping, not regretting. Look somebody tell me you cannot afford regrets in this present season. Oh, come on, tell your neighbor, you cannot afford. Regrets are catastrophic to your emotional well-being. I'm going to say that again. Regrets are catastrophic to your emotional well-being. They undermine your resolve. Y'all got that? Do you regret? No, I'm regrouping. I'm living. 
I can't go back and change that. I can only be the best I can now. Does that make sense to you? So you can't afford any regrets in this season of your life. Y'all got that? Now, take note of what's working and build upon that. Ask somebody, what's working for you right now? Take note of what's working and build upon that. Build upon what's working. Expand from what's working. This is so good. Y'all know how much people pay for this kind of stuff? Expand from what's working. Y'all got that belief? Oh, my God. I'm talking to somebody's business right now. Expand from what's working. Sometimes it's best not to go in an entirely new direction. Sometimes it's best to expand from where you already are. Y'all got that? Now write this down. If it looks exactly the same, nothing has changed. Hello, somebody. It's not a new season of you doing everything the same. Oh, my God. I said it's not a new season of you doing everything the same. Ask somebody, what has changed? Tell me what's changed, and I'll tell you if your season has changed. Y'all see that? Starting over requires a relevant and insightful strategy. Somebody shout, I need strategy. Now, look at somebody and tell them you can replace your stress with your strategy. Most of your stress is simply not having a strategy. Oh, God help me. Most of your stress is not having a strategy. And here's the last thing I want you to take note of before we pray. And that is, if you're going to be effective in this new season, this new place, you must definitively, you must move definitively with clear vision. Say clear vision. Y'all got that? 